We all ready? Born ready. Dun, dun. Hello and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. I'm sitting here around the table with Bayagram, Micah, Zendatus. Hello. And Leonidas. Hello. And we are doing the second part of their adventure. Currently, they had investigated a clock tower where a mysterious mutated individual had died. It was such a time. And then Micah got beaten up by a butcher (laughs) and Arden gave them a quest. And um, Arden gave you guys the job of finding the magnometer, which is held by Zendada's puppy. Yeah. So Zen's going off on an adventure right now to find his puppy at Wissonia Academy. And that's where we left off. You guys begin making your way through the city after taking your small rest at the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. You begin trekking southwest in the city and you're heading for the Castle Ward. The Castle Ward you know to house the Wissonia Institute of Arcana, the place where Zendardus did most of his study, the place where Zendardus's father works, and where he gained his love of the stars. And space in general. As you begin making your way through the city and you pass through the dock ward, you can see it is a stark difference to the rest of the the city of Cadmia. You can see that people there seem to be of lesser quality in class. Their robes seem to be quite tattered and there is a general smell of just um, the harbour that permeates throughout this, this area. That changes, however, when you pass into the castle ward. You see lavish mountains. You see lots and lots of mansions that seem to be permeating different sorts of hillsides. And you can see the streets change to like a cobblestone. It's almost a pleasure to walk through this area as you look at the different various people of nobility that seem to be walking around in garb that is stunning to the eye. Come home. Micah looks around and sees beautiful people everywhere like the attractiveness of these individuals is just beyond belief i wish i could be like them and as you look around you also see banners that seem to be hanging down on various different poles or houses or estates and most of you that have spent a little bit of time in cadmia know that these banners represent the nobility or the noble houses i make sure my uh my red cape my blue robes are very out glistening and yeah Mm-hmm. Your, pro- your posture almost peacocking. Yeah, that's exactly right. As you begin making your way toward the tallest uh, mountainous structure in Cadmia's southwest, the structure you know to house the Wissonia Arcana Institute, you start to see these towers. Towers you know, Zen, lead to the central uh, hub of the university, the Sankarnum. You begin following these towers and you begin to see students begin meandering through the pathways of this zone. You see as two mountains or two hillsides sort of begin to roll toward each other, there is this bridge-like pathway that passes in between them, and you look and see like an arcane shimmer that seems to sit between both of them, and you look beyond and you see it for the first time. You can see, or most of you see it for the first time. You see this domed structure and these floating arced tiles that seem to be moving around the air, in a perfectly circular fashion. You can see gardens of beautiful uh, horticulture. You can see that they're perfectly manicured to be various different shapes. 
You can also see different spires throughout that seem to be protruding energies off into the sky. And centrally, you can see this domed roof that seems to have this blue glow that can be seen from miles away. You can see that there are students that seem to be walking and meandering across. And in the center of this courtyard, you can see a large statue of a dragonborn individual. A man you know, Zendardus, to be Gastrum Obek, also known as the Stern. He was the first champion of Capita and entrusted to run the Wissonia's Academy from the Guardians of Old. And everybody loves him or loved him. Uh, as you begin walking through this shimmer of blue, you pass by a curious sight. You see this individual, metallic in make, stands about three or so foot tall. You can see he's got these peering blue eyes and this heart of blue. His copper uh, adornments seem to be across his body. You can see that there are sharp, almost metallic-like uh, plates that seem to construct his form. And you can see that he's looking out into the city in the direction you came. What would you like to do? Dan, your, your dad owns all of this? Oh, no. Oh, not at all. He's just a teacher here. Oh, I going to say, what is he compensating for? <laughs> No, that would be uh, that guy, and I point to uh, Gastrum. He was the one that made all of this stuff. And see those flying platforms there? Yeah. Completely made nothing but for aesthetic. They have no purpose other than to just float. Can they support weight? I don't know. No one's been able to get on top of them. How high are they? <laughs> <laughs> Wonders Bayagram. As you look, the circumference of these things is quite massive. Like it's it, they're spiky pillars that seem to rotate around entire buildings, almost lofted into the air. You could do it. These like as you yeah. see like students passing by you, you get this almost naivete amongst the the general populace here. Like they've lived in a very enclosed bubble. Like they don't know what the real city is like. And as you look towards Zendardus, you kind of. See more Zendardises. <laughs> There's um, more of so, them? Yeah. As you Everyone pass, here is just so friendly. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. As you pass by this um, automated individual, he doesn't even phase as you guys pass by. He's just looking straight out. And you begin to make your way through the central area of the, um, the columns and corridors. You start to make your way down this bridge and you start to head towards the Sarkhanum. And as you make your way into this building... Uh, you can see this dome that sits down into this desk where you can see lots of basically a clerks that seem to be working in this area. And you can see them directing students into various different portals that seems to have been housed at the back of this room. Uh, there's blue, purple, green glows that just seem to flash as somebody walks through these portals. You know these to be the portals to the five different colleges of Wissonia. Then they all have purpose here. Why? Why would you want to leave? I didn't. I got rented out. Oh. Oh. He's oh. basically a slave. Oh. I'm not a slave. <laughs> I was just doing a favor. So at that, you begin making your way towards one of the portals that you know to be uh, your father's college of expertise. Uh, you make your way to the blue and green portal of Leolosa. As you move towards that, you flash your student badge which you can see is this blue and green rod almost that fits into the palm of your hand. And you sort of flash that and you walk through. 
your companions follow. And you get this retching feeling, guys, that seems to pull you from the belly button and out as you spiral and then land on your feet on the opposite side uh, of this college door. I'd like all of you except for Zendatus to please roll constitution saves. Micah, like you being a, used to the nauseating feeling of saying, being like drunk. Being punched in the gut. Or being punched <laughs> in the gut. You fearching and you just keep it down. You're just like, I've got this. Not today. Leonidas, you feel it reach all the way up to your throat before you force it back down, not wanting to vomit in front of the students that seem to be walking past you and, and being fine. As you sort of stomach this down, you look over to the left and you can see a beer grim just vomiting in a bush. <laughs> just Can I uh, hide before I do so? <laughs> you can try. Roll your hide check. With disadvantage because he's throwing up. You immediately are drawn to his location by the retching sound that comes from behind this bush that's shaking. <laughs> um, he walks out, dabs his mouth through the end of a cloak and begins walking with you. Rookie. Yeah. Uh, and as you look across the lawns of this college of uh, Lilosa, you can see that there is two steel pathways that sort of lead up into a staircase. And that staircase leads into what looks like a stadium-like uh, college institute. The most notable thing that you can see surrounding the grounds is these perfectly cubed fountains. And I don't mean masoned fountains. It's literally water in a cube that just seems to be constantly flowing. As you look behind the main campus building, you also see this jet tube of water that seems to be going across the entire uh, roof of it, almost like a, a pipe that seems to be going all the way through, but that seems to be all watered. You can see these four large spiring towers that seem to protrude up into the skies. Some of them you can see um, mechanical devices on the top of uh, and large telescopes. And you can see that there are very geometrical-like patterns in the windows that seem to be moving across each area. If you need to, Bagram, you can always, uh, you know, wash your mouth out with uh, some of the water that's there. It's definitely not, uh, definitely not a college prank that everyone pulls on each other here. I pretend to not hear him and just kind of act all regal still and peacocking away. <laughs> uh, as you begin moving through, you do see the students that seem to be either invested in a book that they're reading or some of them seem to be casting these geometrical fragments of magic. Some of them are chasing a fractal dog that seems to be running around the the uh, the courtyards here. You can see various different gardens and plants of, of maize, um, like maize hedges that seem to be moving through this area as well. Um, is there anything that you guys would like to do? Uh, can I just kind of grab something from somebody's table and put it in um, Zen's bag as a just retribution? Yeah, go for it. As you, as you watch a student pass by, you move your hand over towards their cloak or their person. Now, Roll a slide of that one. <laughs> Plus five, so six. But as you go to reach out and touch, uh, basically try to rifle around inside a person's cloak, you begin to move your hands like around it, and you watch as this arcane force field just stops you immediately. You watch as this student looks towards you and says, "Rookie," <laughs> keeps moving through. Have some respect here. You should be very lucky. That, he, he, a lot of students wear uh, bags of devouring instead of uh, bags of holding just to get back at people. We've literally had people lose fingers. I'll we still haven't found those fingers. Zen, dare I ask, how does uh, one attend this college? Well, I went it got in by a scholarship. And your dad's a teacher, so naturally you got in, of course, yes. But for anyone else who isn't 
born to such wealth and luxury. Like, I don't know, everyone else except everyone in this party. Just, you just go through the entrance ceremony. Oh, thank you. That elaborates so much. Literally, all you have to do is be really good at Okay, magic. I'm sorry I asked. I'm sorry I asked. I just <laughs> shouldn't have asked. <laughs> at that, Leo, you begin pulling your party uh, forward into the main building that seems to be housed by these large, luscious trees. At least somebody has some direction in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zen. I was always going to push. but As you walk towards this sort of uh, organizing area, you bypass all of the, the basically student common rooms and you begin making your way up a central tower that you know leads to your father's observatory. You guys get into this elevator and you watch as it basically shoots you up at uh, high speed and you just like and you watch as the grounds around you seem to flash by in greens and blues and eventually you get to the top and as you get to the top all three of you except for Zendatus are sort of like looking around really weirdly um, but Zendatus is just sort of standing there waiting presumptuously Bing. yeah and as, as the doors open you watch and walk out into this circular room that seems to have like constellation patterns all over the floor you look up and you can see like a planetarium sort of spinning around, even arcane lights, and you can see a large telescope that's protruding out of an open window across into the sky. You can see desks that seem to surround the circular walls and large bookcases around as well, as well as a large sort of sleeping lounge almost. But the whole room seems to be covered in papers. Every desk, every surface seems to be covered in papers or quills or magical devices or um, mechanical inventions. Home sweet home. And you get that smell of parchment, but also like mechanics as you begin walking through. What would you like to do? Go to the closest desk and Mike is just going to pick up one of the mechanical inventions there. Mm -hmm. Not knowing anything what he's grabbing. All right. Just being absolutely fascinated about where he is. As you go and move over to this device, you can see that it is probably about 15 centimeters long. It has these geometrical sort of patterns around it that you can twist and turn. Just twist and turn them. All right. Roll an arcana <laughs> check. As you twist and turn these, you watch as three of the runes begin to light up and then you take... <laughs> you take five points of electricity damage as you are zapped. <laughs> and you know that's your father's... Basically, it's his pen. It has got a security measure on it that stops people from basically using his device because it houses all of his research. It's like a... um a combination of a pen, but also like a something that a you'd record. Yeah, like a log box that you record it, your thoughts into mm. and it writes it down for you. So he's got a protection algorithm on it and he's just activated it. I, would, uh, I wouldn't be touching that anymore. Can we keep something in this room? Uh, yes, the uh, astrological uh, magnetronobaton. Oh, you bore me. <laughs> and as, no. you, as you say no. that... You guys look around and weirdly Zen, <laughs> you call out for your father and then there is no answer. Hmm. Strange. Normally he is here. Is uh, he a night owl? No, not really. I'd like to just walk around, go to his bedroom, see if I can try and find him there. All right. Does he live here? Yeah, for the most part. Most people do. We have dormitories and everything. Do you open up the, the door to his... Should we should, should we knock first? I know, like, maybe we can walk <laughs> in on something. Like, um, I don't know. Could happen. He opens the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you walk in, you can see this, this bed that seems to be completely made. 
you can see a cupboard that seems to be completely shut and you can see a desk that seems to have a few papers on it. But this area seems to be clean of um, any sort of research or anything like that. You can see an open window uh, that has curtains sort of billowing out over onto the campus and no sign of your father. How comfy does the bed look? As you open it, it looks very comfy. Um, one thing you do notice is that his travel pack usually sits on the back of his bag, of his, sorry, of his chair, and that seems to be gone as it's sitting onto the desk. But he would normally take his pen with him as well if he went traveling, wouldn't he? He has a few of those no, for different know. research purposes. So he would have noticed he took this one. Yes, he would, 100%. <laughs> well, do, you know the, do you know the sequences at all? Would I? He probably would have kept it. There's some that you would probably know and others you probably wouldn't. Hmm. Yeah. Couple. Um, I would like to walk over to the window and close it. Yep. As you go, the wind stops billowing the curtains and you close it, the temperature drops inside the room. You also watch as Zendatus enters, almost like a constellation of like uh, stars begin to arcanely illuminate the room in purple. So it's like almost like a sense of light that you walk through to. So if you laid on the bed, like you would be looking up at the stars, essentially. That's exactly it. Why did you leave? Like, why would you accept being... What? Because I got asked. Is there somebody who would send your dad away to do something or something? Or is he his um, own boss, boss at this lady, point? Not really. He's his own boss. Yeah, pretty much. Like, he could go off on his own adventure or... The boss lady could ask him to go off on an adventure. When we say boss lady, is that, um, <clears throat> forgive, forgive me, but your mother? Oh, no, I don't know my mom. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly your life don't seem so bad, does it? No, I'm talking about the headmistress. Oh. As you guys look around this area, you can roll a investigation check for me. Yeah, I'm also going to look at the other sort of research stuff, yep. but not try to tinker with anything. Literally, like so, you can roll a perception check then. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna lay on the bed and look up at the stars. So then you flop down onto the bed and just look up at the stars, and you feel like you're in literal heaven. Uh, sorry, not Zen, Micah. You look up at the stars and feel like you're in literal heaven. Whereas Zen, you move over to the desk and start moving some papers around, and what you see is a very familiar looking piece of paper. Familiar because you had seen it in the bag of an individual that you had rifled through and gotten from Bayagram. The invitation seems to be of a party that happened four days ago at the Marcel estate and it is a letter attached. The letter attached is addressed to your father directly. It says, Xanifred, I request your presence at our wonderful engagement. We can discuss funding for your latest project. You knowing your father would jump at any opportunity for new funding because the academy has been less likely to fund your father's research of late. As you sort of look around the room at the different sorts of pieces of research, you can see most of the parts, Leo, appear to be incomplete. They appear to be different pieces of various different mechanical objects, most that have a lens or some sort of arcane device that you don't understand, but you know that you know that the pieces of mechanics exposed indicate that it probably isn't finished. Like there's wires and... Yeah. You can see that the, like on all three or four different desks that you check, it's almost like a blueprint is there and different parts are sort of laying around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's almost like one of them you see is collecting dust. So it's almost like a an idea that either 
didn't get completed due to lack of funding or uh, interest was lost or something better came along. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just hasn't been touched in a while. And yeah. Been sitting there. But there are others that you see that seem to be quite recently worked on. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's been gone for months. Yeah. Yeah. Just hasn't worked on that project. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you seeing that invitation definitely sort of indicates to you that. What did you find? Well, it looks like he went to that party as well that we found earlier. What was the date on that party? On the invite and your invite? Uh, the same one, four days ago. Okay. All right. Seems a bit strange. Can I um, look around to see if I see any kind of bird, feather, talon, anything along those lines? In his sure can. Uh, perception check. Okay. So as you look around, it is immaculate of any animal quality at all. Is there anything on the roof? Uh, no. You can see that clearly. <laughs> And then in the research area, half of the roof is basically either glass or it's open for a telescope to protrude through. Like the central part of this room is like a planetary globe that's spinning around and the other half is like a massive telescope that points out to the stars. Can you understand any of this research? Mm, probably a little bit. And there's, you know, if there's anything around here that would have anything to do with birds or magic transformation or anything to do with oh, no we're more like constellation research and everything not in regards to biological yeah completely okay. other department is this within earshot of I'd say everything yeah, that yeah. you guys say is within earshot here I, I probably would have said that relatively yeah. yep another department does that mean like we could <sighs> meeting more people but go through another portal into another college and find someone to talk to about it, perhaps? Yeah, probably. Does your uh, father have any staff? It's mostly It was or, mostly just me or, and him. Or colleagues or, or anyone that would... The only colleague you know that he speaks to is the Dean of Philosophy, uh, philosophy sorry, whose name is Hamrabad, Dean Hamrabad. Just a philosophy major, Dean, I should say, sorry. Okay, uh, well, perhaps we should see the Dean as well. Okay. Do we split up? Why? No. Where's, we, where's we, the other place to go? Uh, that the other college with the with that makes people look different. Oh, the biological one. That one. Do you know how to get there? Well, no, but like, surely you could be like, "Hey, turn this way, then go this way, then take go this that way. portal, mm. take that elevator." Do you Don't have throw a key off. to get Am in? I right. Well, wow. we need to see the headmistress. We could see the dean, and we could go to the biological facility. Do I know what's closer? Uh, you know where Dean Hammerbard's office is. The The headmistress is the staff mage whose name is uh, Siraj Saharis and she doesn't usually take just walk-ins. Mm. Um, and then the biological department, you could go and see uh, Dean Naney, who's uh, the dean of the material if you wanted to, but she's in the same college as as Dean Hammerbad. Okay. Well, then they're in the same area, so let's we'll go ahead off and, yeah. Okay. So who's splitting where? Uh, I would like to go and see philosophy. Yep. Go biology. I'll go biology. I'll go philosophy. Gotcha. All right. Would so- you understand that? <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> Grunts and Yeah. yeah. Um, at that, you watch as Zen and also Leo begin making their way to Dean Hamrabad's office. 
roll a survival check for me. You with advantage then. So given that you had been here before, you once were taken to uh, Dean Hammerbad's office due to an experiment gone wrong for you. You have been reprimanded in this office before, so you kind of remember exactly where it was. Uh, as you begin making your way up this tall tower, you hit the spiral staircase and you get towards the bottom of the office and the door opens and you watch as it just slides up uh, from the bottom. And as you walk in, you can see it is this tiered room that seems to have various sort of perches sitting across. Uh, you knowing Dean Hammerbad to be a uh, bird person, an avian aracocran. As you move through, you can see that he is almost owl-like in his figure. He's wearing a monocle and he's reading over a large scroll and you can see these feather-like fingers that seem to be protruding through. You watch as he licks one of them and turns a page. And as he opens up his eyes, you can see these fractals of geometric shapes just seem to be permeating around him. They all, all shatter as you walk in and he looks towards you and says, Oh, Zendardis, what, 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 what brings you into my office? Hello, Hammerbad. Um, have you seen my Hammer Dad? I have not seen your ha ha Hammer Dad, but uh, if you have, I would love to know where he is. No, that's why we're trying to find him. We need a, uh, we need something from him, but we can't find him at all. So, so do I. His classes have been skipped for the last four, four days. Hmm. It is very disappointing. Yeah. And you watch as he sort of roosts up his feathers, and you watch this white stuff fall off. It's uh. That's weird. That was after the party and everything that he went to. Like, I'll show him the invitation. Looks at it. Hmm. It's not your, like my your, your father was. Yes, it's not like your father, but it is like your father to seek out other forms of um funding, you might say. And if this Marcel house was going to fund his re research, he would possibly have attended, put on his best slacks, as it were. But it is not also unlike him to... uh Follow a lead for days on end. Yeah, 100%. No, I don't know uh, at all. Perhaps you should go to this Marcel's estate and uh, inquire as to his whereabouts because if you can find him and tell him that he has approximately one day to return before his employment here is ter ter terminated, I'm sorry, Zendatis, but there is nothing that I can do. The university pays him to perform a job. If he does not perform that job, he will be and points out the window with his feathered hand. Can I insight check? Sure can. Uh, he's polishing a monocle at this point, and as you look to him, he seems very, like, pompous in his way and very academic, uh, which you're not those types of people you're not really used to sort of seeing, but there's no, like, malice behind his okay. his voice or anything like that. Right. Um, if What if he's hurt, though, if uh, he's been injured or is somewhat incapable could we possibly get an extension? Of course. Medical reasons for for leaving is, is perfectly within the purview of the, the Wasonian Academy. But he will have to present that medical finding to my office. As soon as I can find him, if that's the case, I'll let you know. I hope it is not the case, Zendartis, because he is quite a an intelligent man. His research is of importance and it regrets uh, me to say that um, funding has gone in a different direction this semester. Understandable. He gives it's a, a way nod. of knowledge. He looks and says, "I've um, I've been reading the local paper, and it seems that you have been making a na name name for yourself." And you watch as this paper begins to float over towards you, as he sort of clicks it over towards you, and you open it up, and you can see this article written by a journalist called Kaylee, and you can see that it says, "Adventurers cause havoc at Freud and Score." 
you read through it quickly and you can see that it says one adventurer uh, whose name was Zendardus Demerol coerced this reporter into a shop where he intentionally dropped a chandelier on her, causing her to run out in fear. She says the blight of all adventurers needs to be stopped and the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild is a plague on Cadmian society. Journalistic integrity out the window. What was I telling you, Leonidas? It's out the window. Yes, and I agree. Um, as you just like, the paper just illuminates in flame from your anger. But he looks and he says, I trust you're taking to your n- n- new appointment well. Apparently not well enough. Apparently I'm dropping chandeliers on people's heads. Can I uh, make a nature check, and a sleight of hand check to assess like the feathers on this Dean? Yes. And then a sleight of hand. You can see that his plumage is of white and grey. Very proudly white and grey too. And it doesn't, like his feathers are very, very ornate. He seems very well groomed and you can see that he's covered in like a blue and silver robe. Um, so you don't really need a nature check to discern that. Okay. Um, with the newspaper catching on fire or something like that, um, just sort of almost hold an action as to an opening to uh, Sith with maybe sleight of hand one of the feathers. Or if they're like when he shook or whatever, that one was on. I'll say roll a, um, roll a perception check uh-huh. and we'll see if you can find one around. Around. Because okay. that would be your first purview instead of like Correct, plucking yes. one from him. Yes. So <laughs> so as you look around, there doesn't appear to be any feathers around. So you immediately then go to your second option, which means moving forward to where this avian creature seems to be perched uh, and going to pluck one. So roll a sleight of hand in the distraction of the fire. Sleight of hand is zero. So 14. Okay. So 14, you're able to pluck one. Uh, you get like a small neck feather and it's white and gray and it seems to be like variegated in its tone. Uh, and I'm going to pretty much just put that yep. uh, in my pocket. Or- yep. As you look towards it, it seems to be rounded at the base and rounded at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks quite different to the ones that you'd seen where it's almost like a, a pointed, like a eucalyptus leaf, I guess you could say, is the ones that you got okay. off the individual before. Okay. Um, so as that's happening, you watch as the Dean looks towards you, Zendardus, and says, I'm also g- glad to see that um, while you've stopped those s- s- silly experiments... The pursuit of knowledge is admirable, but goodness me, Zendardus, your curiosity sometimes get the best of you. It was just one village. Yes, that was one too many. Especially in the name of the Wassonian Institute, it was, uh, well, I'm just glad that the consequences of that action led you to where you are now. Let's just say that. I just look away a little bit embarrassed. Very well, Zendardus, let's let's get out of here. Thank you, Hammerbad. Gives a nod and says, I bid you farewell. Please contact me if you find your father well. I do hope for his safe return. Will do. Thank you, Dean. Uh, and you guys leave. Uh, at that, we cut then. Um, we cut then to Beagram and Micah. As you guys begin making your way through the different halls, I'll get you guys to roll a survival or investigation check to find your way. So, Beagram, you're just looking at the very. Oh, sorry, not Beagram. Micah, you're just looking at the various different students moving around. They're practicing magic. They all seem happy and purposeful. You can see that there are various different people like throwing uh, different sort of spherical objects at each other. And you can see that some of them seem to be like playing cards and you can see others of them just seem to be sitting in circles chatting. Everybody seems to have a friend here. And as you guys begin looking around, Bagram, you 
pull one of the students aside, being a little bit lost yourself and having been walking for five or so minutes. And you watch as this, um, this mermaid looking, not mermaid looking, sorry, triton looking individual turns around to you and they have like this fin across and goes down to the back of their, their head and they're walking with friends and you watch as he stops to talk to you and the friends continue. What was that Dean's name, name again? The Dean uh, that you're looking for yeah. is called Dean uh, Nani. Nani. All right. Uh, was it, we're trying to find Dean Nani's office. Can you direct us? Oh, Dean Nani? Yeah, she's over in the top uh, observatory over there. That's where she likes to stay. You're like, you look different, man. Look different. Do you even go here? Different compared to what? Well, like you're not wearing a uniform and you're kind of standing real tall and uh, I don't mean to be rude, but you look kind of old. We're here for an interview. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm just about to start here. We're at, yeah. Roll persuasion checks. I'm the worst rogue in the planet. <laughs> he looks at you both, raises one eyebrow, sees that you're both older than the usual people that are here. And he says, right. Well, if I were just starting here, and I didn't know where I was going. I'd probably go to the information booth over there because they can give you a uh, a guiding drone to take you wherever you want to go. Good luck with your, any air quotes, enrollments. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and enjoy your time here at this wonderful institute. He holds out a hand to shake your hand. I shake his hand and I basically try and kind of pocket a ring or something. All right, roll a sleight of hand check. (laughs) It's wet and fishy. Uh, You get his timekeeping device on his wrist. And as you and Micah begin walking away, you sort of flash it to Micah, holding it between two hands. You watch then as he gets to the end of the corridor and goes, hey, wait a minute. And you guys continue to run. (laughs) You make your, where where would you be going? To the information booth. (laughs) You make your way to the information booth and you see the, basically you move your way over and you can see that there is a button there and this student moves up before you as you two just begin conversing wondering how to use this you watch as a student probably about 15 years old goes and presses the button and this mechanical automaton moves out similar to the one you saw standing at the gate when you entered and starts walking off with that individual i told you we just push the button you never listen to me it's right, like go, everyone else go push the button last time you pushed a button you actually got zapped actually you kind of twisted a can you push button. the button yeah i could push the button I go and push the button. You push the button and you watch as this automaton walks out and looks towards you and says, I am C-75. How may I help you? Um, I put the timepiece onto C-75's person somewhere. Thank you, but gifts are not required as this is my programmed job. Oh, all right. Uh, Dean uh, Nani's office, please. Dean Nani. Dean of the material. Elvin Druid. Right this way. Excellent. You watch as he leads you through... You watch as he's like a very friendly robot too. He's greeting people as he goes. You guys are just like awkwardly waving behind him. Eventually you do get to a large garden uh, that you can see that sits on top of a spire that you traveled up to via elevator. And you can see as you enter this area, it's almost like a almost like a greenhouse as you enter. You can see various different plants moving across the roof. You can see a um, like a pond that seems to have a natural waterfall flowing through and various different flowers. And at the back of that, you can see an elven woman, pointed ears, hair tied up into a bun. You can see spherical glasses on her face and you can see that her armor or her robe seem to denote these sort of plant-like illustrations. And you see as she's like making this plant grow basically in front of your eyes and you can see these pink flowers just bloom. 
As we walk in, I turn to Mike and say, what were we supposed to be asking her again? Something about people changing into like those birds. I don't know. That's right. Yes. Actually, I still have a feather too. I wonder if she would be able to identify it. Well, she has just the the robot said she was a druid, so. I'm standing right here and I has a designation. Hello. C75 is what I am called. Oh, um, yes. Thank you, C75. Um, your, your service is very welcome. You may uh, return and help somebody else. You Thank you. Filled your purpose. He leaves before Micah starts finishing his <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Everyone leaves me. Um, you make your I'm way in here, <laughs> and <laughs> you don't seem to see this dean turn around to your presence. But you walk in, and there's like fireflies sort of moving through this area. You can see some birds chirping in the trees. Uh, I kind of cough loudly so that hopefully the dean can hear me. She turns around and she says, "Welcome to my office." Uh, hello. I'm uh, Bergram, and this is my esteemed um, colleague, Mike. Please take a seat, and you watch as she rustles up a vine chair from behind you, and it takes you off of your feet and moves you closer towards her, and you watch as she delicately sits down on an open petal on a large flower that she's behind. I'm speechless. She says, my name is Nani, and I've been here for quite some time. Was it so she created a couple of chairs? Yeah. So I I go take a seat. You watch as these birds begin making their way towards you and flying various different cups of what look like nectar uh, into your hands. Oh, wow. Please have a refreshment. Thank, thank you. This yes. is... Welcome part- to the College of Lilosa. Beautiful. Um, we are, I'm kind of speechless, but I kind of need, we kind of need to get down to business at the same time. Well, that is perfectly okay. Business is what we do here. Do you know... Um, I'm assuming you know uh, Dean Zenefred? From the Zenefred other- is not a dean, but oh, he sorry. does study in our... Co- uh, Astronomy under Hanrabad. That's right. Sorry. Um, we are actually looking for him. Have you seen him recently? Well, not really. He doesn't really report to me. Uh, the last time I saw him, he was asking my advice on one of the cycles of the moon. That was yeah, that a few like months him. ago. That sounds like him. So unfortunately, no, I haven't seen him in quite okay. some time. You watch as she sips this orange nectar. Because We've also been um, trying to chase up this bird kind of creature, possibly. I pull out a feather and just say, are you able to identify this for us? She takes it and you watch as she moves it between her fingers. This arcane glow happens uh, behind her eyes. And she says, this uh, obviously belongs to a feather of the Northern Blue Jay. Northern Blue Jay? Indeed. And what? how big is this Northern Blue Jay? Well, they don't usually grow bigger than, say, 30 or so centimeters tall. Are, are, are they dangerous birds? This is an avian well, it, it, this seems a lot bigger than usual. It might be a tail feather or a wing feather or a dorsal. Um, but what if I told you the um, the bird we got this from was about uh, Micah's size? Hello. Well, that I would tell you that it is probably not a natural blue jay. It is either one that has been magically transformed through a spell such as polymorph or wild shape, or it was a a curse inflicted upon one if it was not voluntary. Is that something, those spells you, you mentioned, is that something that would be taught here in this college? Oh, absolutely. We teach them here at the Leoloso Academy. Are there any students who are currently like focused on the uh, Northern Blue Jay? Or have it? Uh, Not under my purview. There is none that are uh, investigating that as part of their thesis study. Or in the past have? Not to my knowledge, no. That's a very specific field of avian study. They're a very common bird, so... Have you heard of uh, anyone doing research for this area? 
Absolutely out. not. No, most of our purviews are in the magics of healing, transformation at a more wider scale. May I ask why the curiosity around the blue jay and this feather? Uh, it's just it was uh, interesting circumstances that we found the feather. So I can't really go into much detail because it's an ongoing oh, investigation. Very well. Yes, yes. but basically, as, uh, as you are the uh, preeminent knowledge on this sort of thing, that's why we came to you. Right, well, by the looks of this, it, um, well, it may have been a result of a curse. If what you are saying uh, is true and you plucked this from somebody of Micah's size, those spells usually only last an hour or so. And if you've had the feather for longer than that, it would have reverted into nothing as the spell lessened its effect. Furthermore, if the spell was weaker, it would have transformed the minute you plucked it away from the person. So the fact that it is an organic feather tells me that the transformation may be a little bit more permanent. That speaks to a yeah, curse rather than a polymorph. Indeed. Which may have been the result of an object. It may also have been the result of something ingested. I'd have to know more to be sure. How would you know more? Would it be required studying here? I am getting the impression that you would like to enroll, Micah. Oh, no, not me. I'm just inquiring for a, for a, um, um, a, a friend. That's the right word. A friend. Well, if your friend would like to enroll here, they are to request a letter of attendance. Please let your friend know. And do you take mature age students? Of course. If you are going to add some value to the college, we will take you, of course. Oh, value. Now, okay. this um, transformation. Uh, there are some creatures that transfer willingly into organic beasts and they're Transformation can remain permanent, uh, such as a lycanthropic effect. Um, but a curse such as this, it it may have been involuntary. Based on how we got, I would probably assume it's probably involuntary. Well, I hope that it answers your questions. And just one more, just really quickly, just with curses, it's um, is there a way to save? that person like redeem them for their past actions or are they are they locked into that fate well i'm not an expert on cursed items you may have to seek a different area of the college for that but it is my understanding that if the curse is broken through a magical spell either casting it upon the person or the object that is cursed or destroying the individual that cast the initial spell there are all ways that a curse can be broken if that is what you're into so the person can be saved is what <clears throat> you're saying of course. The curse can be reversed. Then that's all for me. I think that, that was that was actually very informative. Thank you. I noticed that's you haven't had a sip of your nectar. Shot it. It's sweet. Very sweet, like honey. Yeah. I, I just, I I just sip, sip it and just kind of... Um, she smiles at you and she eventually bids you farewell. Yep. Do Over. We, so again. Do we know where we're going to get back? <laughs> um, well, you would know the way that you came. So, uh, so at that, you guys eventually meet up. I'll say at the large dragon-born sculpture of the the fountain in the main uh, sort of hub area. So you've all come through the portal at various different times, and you're waiting for each other at the at the dragon-born sculpture of the first staff mage, basically. Which you guys notice as well. He is holding a very ornate black-looking staff that seems to be sort of curled around. Uh, and if you've ever seen the staff mage before, Saharis. Um, so yeah, that, that staff mage staff, she's now holding as well. 
Uh, I think it might be best if we go see this house, Maurice. Marcel. Marcel. Mm-hmm. Yes. I agree. Started with an M. Are we spending more time here is what I'm hearing? Well. I mean, we're going off over to a different part of... That's fine. <laughs> yes, Micah. We will be here for a little bit more. You know that um, the house that you're after, the Marcel uh, estate, is in the castle ward, but it is outside the university walls. By, like, I would assume... Can we just yeah. assume we've just all yeah. had a yeah. little chat? Yeah. yeah. So we're making our way yeah, to okay. the castle? Oh. Make my way to the castle. All right. So you guys look at the invitation, which I assume you also took from your father's desk, and you can see that the signature on that one is actually intact. Uh, From the signature, you can see that it is uh, from a Cordona Marcel, and there is a wax seal that seems to have what looks like a coin emblazoned as their house symbol. Uh, So what I'll get you guys to do is I'll get you to roll investigation checks. So through the rest of you, you guys are able to find this house quite easily. You look towards the banners basically and you can see the same symbol on the letter as appears on the banners and you begin making your way to the house proper. You move across this bridge that goes over like a large lake that seems to lead up to the mansion that is two-storied, very illustriously lit, domed roof, and seems to have banners on either side of the doorway uh, of the same symbol. You do see on your way in that there seems to be a line that exits the door and goes all the way down the side of people dressed very illustriously that seem to be trying to enter. And this is happening probably as about dusk is falling during this time of the day. So as you begin moving over the bridge, you see these people and you can watch as a very posh couple moves past you. You watch as the gentleman having the woman's hand clasped in his arm looks towards you and says, is that your best wear? Goodness me. Uh, I'm just going to wait in line. Okay. Well, you can, You're in pretty dapper gear as it is, yeah, uh, Zen. Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, I am too, but I, and stuff. So as you begin making your way up, you watch as this woman sort of stands by this fountain and sort of looks to you, uh, Zendardus, and says, goodness me, a man attending with his bodyguards. Do you intend to get some action tonight? Uh, no. Well, by the looks of these tough individuals, you uh, perhaps are looking for a fight. Oh, that kind of action. No, 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 we're, we're good. We're, we're just here to talk to Cordelia. I open it up and I reread the name. Are you talking about the Cordona? Yeah, that one. Ah, well, she, he will be inside. Uh, he's the head of the party. Oh. He's organized this whole thing. And it's... Uh, it's very good that you have uh, found yourselves here because this is the final night of the 14-day-long celebration. It's That's a supposed long to go off party. Well, yes, when you're a noble and you can afford such things, you celebrate for quite a long time. What's the celebration for? Is it just to celebrate? Well, why not? It's to celebrate happiness, prosperity. The Marcel House is very, very generous, and they have given a large amount to various charities across the city, and we are celebrating. The fact that they are such a generous contributing member to the Cadmian Society. You should know this. You you do have an invitation, don't you? I, I hold up the invitation, but I hold my finger over the date. I, I, I don't have an invite. I'm just here and I'm late for my shift. They're, they're my plus three, remember? Roll a persuasion check, both of you. Okay, so both she, she believes both of you. She looks down and says, If you are part of the help, sir, with the very plucked eyebrows 
uh, you will need to head around the back because food is already uh, beginning to be cooked and we will have a lot of hungry guests. So hop to and she claps her hands twice. Nod to the rest of the party and uh, make my way around the back. All right. So you move your way around the back of the house and you can see as well, there is this carriage that pulls up and you can see two individuals that seem to be wearing like a white shirt that has black buttons down the side, pull out like a hat that goes on top of their head that you've seen many chefs wear before and they begin making their way out the back and you follow. So I follow them through the back door. Mm-hmm. I have similar vibes to the uh, the protest in the... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am now a chef. <laughs> Let's um, start a revolution in the kitchen. And at that, Zen, as you hold up your uh, invitation, the date being covered, you and the rest of your party, uh, Beagram and also Leo, begin making your way to the end of the line. You guys probably wait about... 20 or so minutes in line and you start to hear different sorts of conversations in the line as you go. Uh, Some of them seem to be very frivolous in their manner and you see lots of haughty uh, laughters occur. There seems to be a very jovial vibe. Uh, As you get towards the door, you can see a very heavy um, half-orc looking individual that seems to be running security and you can see next to him there seems to be this cupboard and as he opens it in a white flare, you can see like a a set of masks that appear and then he closes it and the next time he opens it for people, you can see a set of masks that appear again. And as they enter, you see that each guest is getting a mask, putting it on and walking in and it's almost like a masquerade sort of ball feel to it. As you guys begin- Um, Is anyone declining the mask? Not that you have seen so far. Is anyone bringing their own mask? Not that you have seen so far. All right. So you guys eventually make your way to the front of the door and you get to this half-orc individual and he says, hmm, looking you guys up and down, he says, invitation, please. Right. Hmm. Now you and you looks to the three of you and you, what will I give you? And he opens up the door. And you can see a various assortment of masks. You can see one of them seems to have this crisscross of white and black. And you see another one that looks like it's in the form of a like a rabbit, like furred with ears. And it's all very um, masquerade looking. You can see gold filigree throughout. You can see like a boar's tusks. You can see one of them has like a um, an antlet effect across one of them. And you can see another one that seems to have like this uh, long nose on it. Uh, another one that has this very feathered plume that comes from the top of it. Uh, and he looks to you and he says, I simply can't decide. So, random it is. Uh, roll a d8, all of you. Before I do, could I roll an arcana check? Yes. On the masks. Yes, Not on may. the cupboard, but the mask. So, as you look towards the, the masks, you can see that all of them within the cupboard seem to emanate a magical aura. So, Beogram? Three. He looks towards you and he says, I think this one will suit you the best. And you watch as he pulls out this mask that you can see has this uh, deer-like physique on it and you can see that it has these antlers towards the top of it. As you touch it, you sort of get this arcane magical aura that seems to touch your, your body and as it moves through you, you look around and you sort of feel like your senses are attuned. Like almost like a deer in the headlights. You're sort of like looking around and the volume of people's conversations increases and you can see and feel like the scratching of other people around is sort of like a harsh noise on your senses as you touch it. Uh, So you get a plus one to insight. Cool. Thank you. What did you get? One. Okay. So as you look at yours, he says, hmm, the horns. I can't give you anything with horns because you've already, well, you've already got them. I think this will do. And he gives you this orange filigreed mask that looks like a fox's head. Uh, As you take that one, he says, Yes, yes, I think this one is perfect. And as you sort of, do you touch it? Uh, 
what kind of effect did I get off of that kind of mask? Uh, that would be abjuration. So as he hands that to you and you touch it, you start to look around and see lots of different hiding places that you could hide in. You've got a plus one to stealth. Okay. And then he gives you, Leo. Two. Two. You can see that he hands you a mask that looks like it has a rabbit's ears all over the top of it. You can see that it's got this fur that goes across the top and these filigrees around the the eyes. Uh, and as you touch it, you start to look around at all the different people in here and you can see that they have very magical presences coming from them and from their person. And it's almost like a flash of of detect magic like Arcana is coming off of them and you get a plus one to Arcana. No downsides to any of these masks. <laughs> Not at all. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> immediately also register that three people in the line behind you are spellcasters and so is Zen. They just like flash like highlighted in the crowd as you touch it. Do I? No. Okay. Do you have magical spells? Mm-hmm. Then yes, you do. You look down at your paws and you look and see that it's also glowing. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so you can detect spell casters. Well, you don't know how many times, but a certain amount of times. Okay. Uh, so as you, you begin to walk inside, he looks to you all and he says, um, entry to the party requires you to put those masks on. You'll also see some additional effects that will, uh, well, punctuate the party. Enjoy. Have I, I seen what happens when other people put their mask on in front of us? Mm, I would say you probably watched as people put the masks on and then walked in, but after they walked in, you probably lost sight of them or any magical effect that it might have had. Right. Can I get um, Zen, do you mind just seeing if well, there's any negative effects to uh, the masks that we've been given? Did I get anything with the 22 before? Yeah. So, no? it's, okay. it's just a simple arcana check. You wouldn't yeah. have gotten anything other than the... The sort of there is a buff and debuff sort of nature, so the negative could come like you don't know, but like you're thinking to is there's like the logical side of it where you could be thinking like why would they debuff people coming into a party for a good time? But then there's also the skeptical nature of you saying we're here to investigate something pretty sus. So no, no, I really can't, right. and I'll put it on All right. uh, yep. first just to prove to the guys like if there's anything bad with it. At least it's me, not anyone else. Yep. Anything happen? So as you put on your mask and you begin to walk inside, you hear this person talking, this female talking to their partner and their partner says to you, says to the male partner, says to the female, I was home directly before seven. And then the woman says, oh, okay, dear, uh, that's fine. And then you immediately hear this white hot noise and you look towards him and you can see his eyes sort of shifting and you can tell that he's lying. Like, you know that he's lying. You can tell when people are telling the truth right now. Oh, All right. oh no. All right. So we, we don't <laughs> see any effects. Like he, he gets the magical effect, but yeah. as he puts it on, you see his visage is changed into like a, a, a fox-masked Zen artist and he walks in. Cool. All right, I chuck mine on too. Yep, Deep. antlers adorned. Yep. Uh, you immediately hear like the voice of somebody inside your head. And as you look towards one of the trees, you can see this bird just seems to be talking and says, I'm really hungry. I wonder if there's any worms down there. And then that fades away. You can talk to animals. Can I, so I can basically talk to animals? Or well? you can hear them. I can hear them. I don't know if I can talk to them. Yeah. What do you do, Leo? I walk in. 
All right. So as you walk in, you can see a speckling of highlighted figures throughout this masquerade ball, knowing that some of them are arcane users. What you see is the three of you walk in. That's a passive effect, right? Yes. Uh, you don't know how many times you can use it. All right. So what you see when you walk in, you walk through the large uh, wooden double doors and you can see immediately ahead of you is this circular map. Um, not map, sorry. Rug. Uh, upon that rug, you can see various dancers that seem to be moving around to the violin music that seems to be playing from one of the stages to your left. There seems to be two stages, one for strings, one for brass, and they seem to be playing this music that's echoing through this beautiful hall. You look towards the other side and you can see that there seems to be other tables full of food, full of drink, full of wine, and you can see lots of people socially chatting, very well dressed, and all of them wearing these masks. As your eyes flick that golden colour, Leo, you do see a various smattering of spellcasters, and towards the back you do see chefs that seem to be moving and placing food on the banquet tables and then taking them away. Do the chefs wear masks? You look at them and they're wearing very plain masks. You can see that they have just black and white masks uh, that seem to... It's basically like a Phantom of the Opera. You can see like half of their faces covered. And as you guys take in this scene and you wear your masks, what would you like to do? Guys, be careful. If you see anyone with my kind of mask, they can tell that you're lying. Hmm. If we see any animals, we can ask them questions. (laughs) Why can you speak to animals now? (laughs) Well, I can hear them. I don't know if I can speak to them. Perhaps so, you can see if the rats know anything know anything about anyone around, if there is any rats around at least. Uh, do I see any markings or rats or other animals inside the uh, Roll an investigation check. Looking around the edges and under the different tables, you don't see any indication of any sort of vermin. This The floor is basically immaculate. Cats or dogs or anything like yep. that too. Well, it might be just the front Birds. end. Mm-hmm. Oh. We could always try and see if you can get in the back way. If there's anything there. So you guys just begin meandering around trying to blend into the party as best that you can? Um, I would like to be looking for, well, would I know who Cardona or however I pronounce their name is? Cardonas Marcel. Yes. Would I know what they look like? Probably would. Probably would? Yeah. Um, So you know that he is an individual that has a bald head and you can see he has like a twizzled mustache. He often wears spectacles as well. And he usually wears a tailored suit. He and his wife usually run this estate. They're the head of the estate. I'll pass that information on to these two as well. Look around, see if we find them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'll get you to roll perception checks with disadvantage because everybody's wearing masks. I'm uh, I'm also going to head towards the bar. Yep, so you can't see past the masks. You're sort of scanning the area, Leo, and you can see lots of different masks. There's like a hummingbird. You can see three belly dancers over in the corner that seem to be wearing owl masks. The bar with the alcohol. Um, As you look towards the bar with the alcohol, you can see even the server behind there is wearing one of those black and white masks that seem to indicate that they work there. You do find the bar and you're able to make your way over. You can see that there are various bowls that seem to be housing like red liquid. It smells very fruity or fragrant to you and there's alcoholic nature behind it too. And you watch as they have a ladle that they're scooping into crystal goblets for people that come and present them. Do any of them seem magical or? I'll get you to roll an arcana check. Yeah. It doesn't appear to be magical. Okay. You're not getting an essence from it. Um, Yeah. So yeah, no um, essence of arcana coming from it, but one of the patrons that you see grabbing a cup does have like an arcane essence as a spellcaster as they move away. At that, Zen, what was your score? 
Uh, 16. Okay, so you look through the crowd and you can see that up the stairs, you can see that there is a landing and there's various tables where people are sort of chatting through that area and you can see that there are bunting that seems to permeate through and all of it having the symbol of the coin throughout. As you look through, you can see a gentleman sitting at the table that seems to be jovially laughing and you watch as he twizzles his hand and this frilly um, sleeve sort of moves around and he looks down towards the crowd of dancers and you can see that he's actually, it's hard to tell where he's facing because he has a mask that is front on, looks like a happy face. On the side, it looks like a sad face. And on the other side, it looks like a face of like somebody that's horrified or scared. And he sort of like searches around, but the back of his head seems to be quite bald. And you can see around his neck is a, that this is called, I don't know. Uh, his mask is a lot more lavish than a lot of the other people's. It seems to be made of pure gold, or at least it shines that way in the candlelight that's permeating through this beautiful masquerade area. So he's up on the landing pretty much directly in front of you, a little bit to the left. Mm. Are there waiters walking around with like wine and shit? There's the bar that where people are going, but you do see waiters walking around that have like a platter as well that seem or to be days. serving different people. Yeah. I would like to make my way to Cardona and also grab like two glasses mm-hmm. on my way. Okay. So you're able to do that. And as you go and take two glasses, Micah, can you please roll a stealth check for me? A stealth check. Yeah. Oh, we're in danger. So as you begin making your way through the kitchen, trying your best to lay back behind the two chefs, you watch as they begin to enter the door. And as they turn around, they see you directly and they say, where's your uniform? I, I, I literally just got here. I've been sent to cover some shift on the bar. I don't know. I know I'm late. Just got the call late. Right. Roll a persuasion check. He looks at you and he says, Really? No, I was. I'm, I'm, del- I'm deliberately late. It's always, yep. No, no, I mean they put you on the bar. Well, not just me. I have this this friend that helps me tend and please, Fizz, can you just come out and explain, please? Well, you did say the magic word and you watch as this. <laughs> he comes out and this fat, jovial ghost sort of stands there and says, hey, fellas, how you going? And you look at the guy who's sort of taken aback for a bit and he says, well, that's, a, that's a neat party trick. Perhaps you are on the bar. And he's like, damn right, he's on the bar. He knows bars like nobody else. And you watch as the two who's standing there is just like, well, right this way. Uh, the Cordonas have really stepped it up for this last day of the event. Um, goodness me. And you watch as you are escorted through. They give you one of those black and white masks. Fizz still permeate. He's, the tail of himself is like sitting in the bottom of the mug that's sort of attached to your side. And he's almost like your umbilical brother as you're walking through. And everybody's just like, oh, my God, like out of, moving out of the way. And he says, that's right. Step past, step past. The great fizz is here. I'm here to tend your bar. And this is my buddy, Frederick. Hammock. Hammock. Well, we're going to do a great job tonight. And then you watch as you two are eventually escorted through and cutting in time a little bit. You go to get the wine off of the platter and you smell the unmistakable scent that reminds you of Micah. And as you look, you can see a black and white mask and Micah looking directly at you, holding the platter. I will walk over and I'll grab the two glasses off and I give you the same warning uh, to avoid uh, telling lies to anyone wearing fox masks. Uh, We can see when people are lying. Shit. Um, Before... I guess while he's walking over, can I use... um, Funnily enough, when you got your mask, Micah, Mm. you didn't feel any sort of magical effect at all. Yeah, naturally. Why would I? (laughs) (laughs) It's a very average uh, mask. Um, While he's walking over, can I use Divine Sense and see if I ping any detect good evil? Yes. 
As you ping it out, what does it look like? Yeah. I guess an orange pulse wave just along the floor and just mm-hmm. eliminating anything. Sort of. uh, you get the notion that a fiend is present directly behind you up the stairs and to the left a little bit. As you hone in on that, that fiend seems to be wearing a three-tiered gold mask. Awesome. Relay that to... <clears throat> Obviously, Zen, there's... um. Upstairs, there's a there's a fiend with I think it seems he's got three three faces. Is that a mask? Fantastic. Uh, that would be our host. Oh, cool. Um, just to let you know, um, he's a fiend, and um, yep. Good luck, and make my way back to the bar. All right, as you make your way back to the bar, you hear these let's say ethereal knuckles crack, and Phil says, "All right, this is where we're gonna show our worth." You're going to put me at this bar and I'm going to show these ritzy motherfuckers exactly how a bar should be run. Let's go. I'm really scared to ask, but can we roll to see like, are we doing like those mixes where like we throw drinks to each other? And you like, absolutely are. <laughs> Do you want to roll? I mean, rolling like shit. What skill would you like to roll for it? As you get behind the bar, you watch as Micah begins pushing people aside. You watch as Fizz just uh, emanates himself up. We'll do performance check. All right. And Fizz mind. will do one too. As you guys watch this impressive performance, Leo probably having a front-on view to it, Beagram, you also, but Zen, you're moving up the stairs. You guys see Fizz basically in his element. He's flipping things out like a fire twirler. You can see him pouring things through his own body and into a cup, and you can see him like roll different pieces of fruit over his arms, and he throws things to Micah, and Micah's just averagely standing there (laughs) tossing things back. You can see him look at his nails. As he's looking at his nails, he catches something and slides it across the bar, looking really disinterested and average as he always does. But Fizz is putting on a fucking show. And you watch as he finishes and he pours these two beautiful cocktails that seem to glitter. The two tops of them just like explode and he just bows and everybody gives him a clap and he goes, oh, best thing that you ever did was take me out of that rotten store. This one's for you, Micah. And he shoves one over to you. This will put some fire on your balls. (laughs) Thank you, but we can't drink on the job. Don't take life so seriously. Have a drink. I'll take one of them. I slide it over to Leo, um, and I guess as often is the case, uh, people often have looser lips when they've been drinking, so try and hear some information about those that have been here for the past 14 days or any strange occurrences with obviously a fiend upstairs. All right. As you take that drink, you get this fiery taste, but it's fruity at the same time. There's like an aftertaste as well of like sprinkles. It's fucking beautiful. It's delicious. (laughs) <laughs> um, and as you drink it, you watch as Fizz sort of leans over the bar, puts his head inside his like hands and looks towards you and goes, how was it? Thumbs up. He gives you a nod and he says, I live for reactions like that. I'm going to make some more. And you watch as he does. Roll a, let's say perception check for your listen check, Micah. Okay. So here is what you hear. You hear a couple that seem to be talking And they're talking about how a lot of the guests that seem to have been there earlier on in the week don't appear to be there anymore. And you hear them chalk it down to the fact that perhaps they have a weak constitution. They can't afford to party for 14 days, but they're here and they're making a chance to be the best part of this Cordona Marcel party that they can. You hear some people talking about how much the uh, Marcel estate has given back to Cadmia. But then you also hear one halfling individual begin to start to talk about how he had been there for the 14 days and had been helping the Marcells organize this party. And over the last week or so, he had noted that uh, Cordona Marcel had started to act very strange in his mind. He says, basically, he doesn't want to speak ill of anybody, but 
he was starting to get very snappy, very nasty, um, and he's chalked it down to the stress of organising such an event. Uh, but he said he's really glad that it's come to an end so that uh, Marcel, the Marcells can go back to how they were. But very out of character. Awesome. I guess, is that all we hear? Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, sorry. Wander over to Leo. Leo, you may want to take that cocktail upstairs and just keep an ear on Zen. It seems that our guest, the owner, I don't know what you would call him, is not acting himself and can be... The party host. Yeah, that, him. Um, yeah, just go and... Just go and check on Zen and just make sure he doesn't get into trouble and I don't know. Like okay. I've just pings the fiend upstairs as well, so please keep an eye on Zen. Very well, uh make another two of those cocktails and I'll be on my way. Coming right up. And at that you begin making your way upstairs. Yeah. Bear Grum has already been following Zen, just letting him go ahead, but just kind of saying just part of the party. Yeah. I'll get up. you to roll a stealth check just to blend in. Yeah. So yeah, you just sort of lean up against one of the poles there. Yep. Um, just kind of within the earshot. Yeah. I'll sure say like at the roll. top of the stairs on the banister, just sort of looking down, hand on the banister like Leonardo DiCaprio in <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And as you sort of swish your cloak around. That's a foreshadowing. Take a drink. <laughs> yeah. You're going to drown. Uh. <laughs> you're going to freeze. Zen, you begin making your way across this tiled catwalk. That seems to take you toward the host of the party. He seems to be sitting at a round table and there seems to be three or so individuals around him all wearing masks. As you approach with two drinks, you do see across the floor, the dance floor, Leo begins to make his way across uh, and is basically beelining for you. With two drinks also. Yeah. Doing the, the Macarena as he goes. <laughs> um, who are the people that are sitting around in what masks? Uh, is right. any of them wearing a fox mask? This is my mm, biggest one. No, you can see one wearing an owl mask, one wearing like a crocodilian-like mask, and one seems to be wearing like a black and red cross-hatched mask with a very long nose. Um, I would like to walk up to Ducardo now mm -hmm. and uh, offer him one of the glasses that I uh, grabbed off the tray. He looks down, oh, sorry, up towards you. And he says, why, thank you. Usually the help bring me my drinks, but um, I do not expect it from my very own guests. Oh, well, you hold such a lavish party. I felt like I must come and say my thanks in the littlest way as I can. Please have a seat. Thank you. And um, I'll just grab a chair and I'll sit across from him if that's allowed. Yep. He doesn't bat an eye. Um... You can see behind his mask as well, the eyes that are showing through seems to be this blue colour that's looking through, but you only see his eyes basically and you saw the bald head from the back as you approached. Uh, I do take, of course, you are Cardonia, correct? Well, of course, nobody would wear this mask if they were not the host of the party. Am I right in saying so? Indeed, such a lavish party and a lavish mask. I'll get you to roll a persuasion, not a persuasion check, a performance check because you're basically putting on this role of a party goal right now seven so at that you watch as you approach up the stairs and Bagram you're watching from the corner of your eye Zendatus has this suaveness to him that you have just not seen before this stuttering bumbling scholar has turned into this Jay Gatsby like holding a drink out and cheersing and you can see that he's obviously been around these kind of arcane arc academic like conversations before these kind of balls before and as you sit and talk to him, he is engaging you in conversation, your performance check being successful. 
So what would you like to say? Uh, so, sir, um, have you been able to chat with many guests at your party here? It has been a 14 day long affair, but I have uh, tried to make my way around the party, you might say. Some people that were here at the start of the party are no longer here, but uh, I am happy to see anybody that comes. And obviously we are uh, donating to charity. So if you can open your wallets and purses, if you are inclined to do so, and dropping any sort of monetary, well, you know. Of course, if I ever see the charity, I shall always happily add a few coins. Well, there will be fishbowls moving around. You can place some coin into those. Very good. Your generosity will most definitely be repaid. And you watch his, if his eyes smile. You can't really see because he's wearing a mask. But uh, The reason I ask, sir, is uh, I'm actually here to discuss with you the matters of the Cadmia College. Oh, the Wissonian Institute. Exactly. Indeed. I believe at one point my father here uh, came to discuss with you. Your father? Uh, Please, you have not told me your name, sir. Uh, my name is Zendatis. Zendatis. Boom. I have not heard of you. Uh, you probably... It's very common that you wouldn't have heard of me. I'm not as big of a deal. Uh, I am still but a student. My father, on the other hand, Xanafred, uh, he... Oh, yes. Xanafred, the uh, astronomer, has a keen eye for the things along the Astral Sea. Indeed. A very prominent inventor, too, I hear. Indeed. He's uh, quite a smart man, if I must say so myself. Yes, I was looking into his research quite recently, and I decided that uh, I would like to invest. But I have not seen him for quite some time. That's a shame, as uh, neither have I. I've... Uh, been trying to track him down recently, and seeing how he came to your party, I thought I'd come to uh, ask you myself. Yeah, when he said he hasn't seen my father in quite some time, was that a lie? Yes. Okay. Cool. As he says that to you, and you get that instance, it's almost like a burning that goes across the back of your eyes. He watches his eyes squint, and he looks towards you and he says, Are you well versed in your father's research? A small amount, yes. I'm able to read his blueprints and everything. Oh, wonderful. Then um, perhaps I could discuss what we didn't finish talking about with your father, with you. Perhaps. The only reason I'm asking is because we have not seen my father in several days. And I know you've just said you haven't seen him, but I believe you were the one who added these marks. Indeed, event. it is a masquerade affair. It, uh, it allows people to be something that they would like to be for a night. And you should know the effects of the mask. I know most of them. I'll put them down. I'll put down my glass. He looks towards you and you watch as he swells the glass you gave him. And you watch as he puts it down too. Quite well aware. Then you should know that I know that you just told me a lie, sir. He looks to you and says, I had seen your father four days ago. I believe the uh, notion of time passing had not been discussed. If you want to talk about fibs, you may be also talking about semantics. Perhaps. I'm sorry to hear about your lost daddy, but if you are here to just accuse me of something that is possibly not within my purview, then uh, I might have to ask you to leave, sir. One last question. Of course. 
What's your real name? He looks to you and he says, My name is Cardona Marcel. Is that a lie? It's a lie. I am the head of this estate and you will do well to remember it, Demerol. Then you should also know, if you know my full name, you should also know where I currently am. I pick my glass back up and I take another swig. I come from the Valiant Odyssey Guild. I've been investigating you for a few days now after the party was created. We know what you are and we've snuck several agents into this building. If you return my father to me, we will leave. He watches he stands up, puts both hands on the table. Persuasion or intimidation? Going intimidation, and that's a 24. You watch as one eye twitches as he stands up to put his hands on the table, and you feel like the motivation for this response is because you've shaken him. And as he stands, he says... I think it's time that you leave, Mr. Demerol, and and you hear a voice inside your head that says, I will give your regards to your father. And you watch as he clicks his fingers and the two people around you stand. Spell cast. Can I see his? What's that? Can I see him? Yeah. Yeah. Can Flash. I, can I, yeah, he glows. Yep. Arden's going to hate me for this. Eldritch Blast, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, we'll roll initiative. <laughs> Party time. That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes. And make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork, episodes, and giveaways. We can't wait to hear from you. And remember, share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories, geeks out over narrative roleplay, and loves D&D. We'll see you next time.